Welcome to South City. We're so thankful that you're with us today. Hasn't this been a wonderful worship experience this morning? Amen. We thank our musicians and all who have done a tremendous job of bringing us to the feet of Jesus. My, our hearts are fastened on the Lord, and that's where we need to be today. Jacob, we thank you for leading in this today. Jacob's done a tremendous job for us here at South City Church, and we're so thankful that he's been with us, and we're praying blessings on him as he goes to another part, another phase of his ministry. So good to see you today. I am so grateful and thankful that you've decided to worship God in this place this morning. And I ask that you pray that the Lord will be with us to guide us, to guide our minds, that the Holy Spirit will fill us with His love and that today we may truly leave this place having been in His presence and truly worshiped Him. Here at South City, we are in a study in the book of Acts. Today, we are looking in chapter 5, beginning at verse 12, and we'll get our scripture here in a few minutes as we continue our study in Acts. Last week, Pastor Drew brought us a tremendous message from God as we saw the early church in their formation. We saw some things that God was doing with that church. How as he was setting up the church and putting it in, in motion that uh, God required certain standards. He wanted his church to be a pure church. He wanted his church to be the church that could be an example to those in the world around him. And so in doing this, God said there's some things that we're just not going to tolerate. We're not going to have any pretense in this church. We're not going to uh, have any hypocrisy. There's no, there's no room for hypocrisy. There's no room for cheating. There's no room for lying. God dealt very severely with Ananias and Sapphira as, uh, as they tried to put on a pretense, as they tried to fool God, as they tried to be something, pretending to be something that, that they were not. And as Peter said, for lying to God. Well, the Bible tells us after this incident in verse 12 of chapter 5 that great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. So when God struck Ananias and Sapphira down, word went out immediately. You don't mess with God. 
God desires purity in his, life, in his uh, people. And he's not going to tolerate anything else. And so fear, the Bible says, gripped the entire church and even all of the others in Jerusalem who heard of it had, were fearful. Now, on the heels of this uh, startling event, there were some more amazing things that were, that were taking place uh, at this time with the church. And I want us to read about those. We find them uh, in our verses today, beginning at Acts chapter 5, uh, in verse 12, reading through verse, verses 16. The Bible says, The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people uh, were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. And they were all healed. Amazing. What was taking place in the church now is simply described as phenomenal, amazing, describes it. What a passage. Five of the most interesting verses that you'll find anywhere in the Bible linked together. At first glance, there seems to be contradictions. There, uh, things are uh, uh, transpired here uh, that you don't read about uh, having taken place anywhere else in God's words. Theologians differ on the interpretation of some of the events uh, that were taking place. It's considered a, a challenging and even difficult five verses in the Scripture. When I first read these passages, and uh, uh, considered uh, how we had gotten together and, 
and decided who was going to teach when and uh, who would be teaching on this particular day, I immediately knew why draw, uh, Drew was suddenly led of the Lord that I'd be the one to teach this day. There's some challenging things uh, here. Well, I'm just kidding, but uh, I think I, I need to reserve the right that if I don't handle this correctly, I'll call the, the big gun out next Sunday to straighten the matter out. Anyway, amazing. What's happening here? Well, the things that are going on here are things that needed to take place in the early church for God to be able to vindicate uh, His power and His work uh, among the early church. It's about the church in the infant stages experiencing exponential growth beyond human reasoning and beyond human understanding. The explosive growth uh, uh, that took place as the apostles were performing the miracles uh, and signs and wonders uh, is something that uh, uh, took uh, uh, that that caused a, a great uh, stir to go out among the land uh, that uh, that time. People were surprised. Did it catch the disciples off guard? Were they surprised uh, to see the miracles that were taking place? Well, the answer is a resounding no. Because miracles and signs, signs and wonders had been promised to the disciples. You know, the disciples had walked with the Lord Jesus. They were right beside Him. They were there at Cana of Galilee when Jesus performed His first miracle. They were there also at the tomb of Lazarus when probably uh, the uh, uh, most uh, spectacular miracle uh, that Jesus performed was done when he brought Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead after having been in the grave for four days. Jesus, they were there when, when Jesus healed the lame man. They were there uh, when, he, when he healed the, blind, uh, the eyes of the blind. They were there. They saw the miracles that Jesus did. And they knew that Jesus was performing these miracles to prove that He indeed was who He said He was. The miracles were a vindication of the fact that He was the Son of God. And that's why Jesus performed the miracles. Now in Jesus' some of his last words with the disciples in John chapter 14 when Jesus came to the disciples with the uh, information that he was going to be leaving them he gave them some very comforting words 
And then as a conversation was taking place between first Thomas and then Philip and, and Jesus, it led to the subject of, of the great works that Jesus had done. And Jesus said to explain, in explaining to them in John chapter 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name, and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So, the disciples were not surprised. When they begin to perform miracles, because Jesus had told them that they would be doing that. Miracles and signs were something that were on the hearts of the disciples as they prayed for this. In Acts chapter 4, in verses 29 and 30, through 31, the Bible says, And now, as the disciples are praying, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. This was that occasion when they prayed for for boldness to proclaim the Word of God. But that prayer didn't stop there. They said, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So the disciples knew that they faced difficult times. They knew there was opposition coming. And they prayed that God would give them the strength and the boldness to proclaim the message. And they prayed also that God would accompany that boldness by stretching forth His hand. The hand that had the power to perform miraculous deeds. And they ask specifically of that, Lord, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through your name. They prayed for that. The Scripture says in verse 31, after they had prayed, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. As an indication 
that God was hearing their prayer and was answering their prayer, the building shook after they had prayed. I don't know if you've ever been in a prayer meeting uh, that had that, that 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 was the result. I've 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 never been in one like that. A number of years ago, uh, well, many years ago now, uh, I was in college at Central Baptist College and received an invitation from a church in, up in northeast Arkansas to come and preach a revival. This was the first revival I'd ever preached. And they were going to have morning services and night services and, and that was going to require my preaching 14 times and I didn't even have 14 sermons. But I went to the, the, the meeting and the Lord was, was good to us and, and He gave me uh, the sermons that I needed and, and we got through Sunday night to close out uh, the service. And, uh, and uh, as we were uh, closing out, uh, one of the men in the church stood and he said, you know, God has been good to us this week. We've, we've had a wonderful time, and, uh, and, a, and a lot of things have been done. We've had good singing, and, and he said we've had good preaching, and, and, and things have been done. But he said, I don't feel that we're through yet. I feel that, that God still wants to do something in this meeting, and I make a motion that we extend the meeting uh, through Wednesday. That's six more sermons. I didn't have them. So I went home and that night prepared one for the next morning service. And that afternoon, I asked the preacher, let me, let me stay. Just let me stay at the church by myself. I just need to pray. And I found a little room up in the up in the top in the back of the church and and I got up in that room and I just got on my knees and I and I prayed and I asked God I was in I was in trouble I I didn't have any sermons and and I asked God to uh, to intervene and and I didn't know it but but there was a thunderstorm coming up outside and I was as I was on my knees praying there was a clap of thunder that shook that building I busted out in tears. For God, in His way, answered the prayer. And that, that night, souls were saved. And the rest of the meeting, souls were saved and people rededicated uh, their, their lives uh, to God. And, and people joined the church and it was a blessed time. And it's always great whenever God shows up in whatever way He shows up. Well, they had been promised miraculous signs and wonders. They had prayed for miraculous signs and wonders. And miraculous signs and wonders were experienced. Now it's time for it all to unfold. 
It's time for it to, uh, to take everything to take place. And the Bible says uh, in verse 12, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. What a, what a tremendous statement. There was no limitation on what God was doing. People could see the mighty hand of God and people could know that what was being done could only be done by the power of God. And the Bible says, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in an area known as Solomon's colonnade or portico. Well, have you ever thought that at this time they didn't have any church buildings? They didn't have a formal place to meet. So where are they going to go to get together? By now, uh, the, the church has thousands of people coming. So where are they going to meet? Well, they're used to going to the temple. That's their custom. And the Bible shows us and tells us, and we'll see later on that, that uh, uh, in the incident uh, of the healing of the, of the lame man, Peter and John were going to the temple as it was their customs. These are, these are Jewish uh, descendants. These are, these are people that it has been their custom to go to the temple. So they're going to the temple. But there was a certain place. It was called Solomon's Portico. Or Solomon's porch. It was a covered area just outside the temple. And it was enclosed by a huge wall. Which made it a very convenient place uh, for them to all meet together. And they came together meeting here. And so just outside the main temple... Well, a place where thousands could meet, and they gathered there. It was a, said to be a magnificent structure that had, been, that had been originally constructed by King Solomon. But as the Scripture continues, the Bible says, But no one else dared to join them. No one else dared to join them. What's happening? Who is he talking about? The Bible just says that all of the believers were together. So it's not believers that's not joining them. So it, it is then the, the, the Jewish people that have been following, that have been following uh, afar off. Uh, it's it's those who are inquisitive. It's those who are are uh, uh, are kind of interested and yet not ready to commit. What uh, uh, they're they're follow uh, they're following them, but they wouldn't dare join them. What's wrong? Well, the image of the story 
of the hand of God severely bringing judgment on Ananias and Sapphira. They're scared. They're afraid. The scripture says that. But it goes on to say, and this is kind of a seeming contradiction, they wouldn't, uh, uh, they wouldn't uh, dare join them even though all the people had high regard for them. God had showed up in such a tremendous way in the lives of these apostles and had given them the power to perform these miraculous deeds and marvelous things until now these despised fishermen that had been laughed at and mocked and made fun of were beginning to receive esteem in the eyes of all the people. Even though all the people had high regard for them. Now they're saying, as God has, has come on the scene with His power being demonstrated, now uh, they, they are saying these men are, 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 are really uh, real. Uh, they are, they are uh, sincere. Uh, they have the power and anointing of God upon them. He's, he's doing something in their life. They had high regard for them. Well, in the next verse, the Scripture says, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. More and more of these people, as they, as, as they gradually came and saw the miracles and heard the Word, they were not saved by the miracles they were saved by the preaching of God's word. But more and more of them believed when they heard the word and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. Is it a little strange that Dr. Luke here puts an emphasis on the fact that women were coming to know the Lord. John Gill, that famous English writer, says that the, uh, where the Bible says multitudes, both of men and women, came. He says, the, the weaker sex were not intimidated anymore by the men. Such power went out, went uh, along with the Word of God, and, and such grace went along with the Word of God that, that those who had been 
who had been uh, uh, supposedly uh, a lesser uh, entity in society uh, were now uh, in being emboldened uh, with the power of God and they came forth professing Christ as their Savior, becoming believers, becoming a part of the church and, ju- and, and thus the church became more of what God wanted it to be. Men and women came together. Well, the scripture says, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets. They brought them out into the streets on their cots and in their in their beds and in their pallets and and they just put them uh, 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 in in our, in lines uh, uh, in the streets. Why? So that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went by. Wow. We don't hear of this happening anywhere else. Only on this occasion that there was such a strong belief in the power given to the apostles on this occasion. They believed it so strongly that they put their sick people out. And so as Peter just walked down the street, that his, that his shadow might fall upon them. And the indication is, and be healed. Some theologians say here, The Bible doesn't say that they were healed. Some say the Bible doesn't say that they they were not healed. But we'll see something a little later on here. What a tremendous belief in, in, in uh, in what God could do. Now, they say in in the eastern part of the world that there's a there's custom there's a custom that kind of falls into play here that uh, people believed that uh, if you uh, if you were uh, uh, a good man uh, and uh, you did good things and uh, uh, you were important uh, uh, people would people believe that if they if they just got close enough to you uh, where your shadow crossed their their path or you could cross the path of their shadow uh, that the good things would come they also believe that if if it were, if you were a bad person and 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 you did wrong things and all the same thing would happen so there's this element of of the shadow Falling upon the people. Now, verse 16 says, Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick 
and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were healed. They were all healed. Crowds. Can we even start to wrap our minds around what is happening? Not just the city of Jerusalem, but the villages around Jerusalem. You can just close your eyes and picture people pouring down the little country roads. They're going into all the villages saying, there's something happening in Jerusalem. The apostles are healing people. Everyone that is sick is being healed. If you have someone sick, get them up. Let's go. And crowds were pouring into those little country roads. And they were filling it. And they were going into Jerusalem. Multitudes. One translation says, were from the villages were bringing their sick and they were lie, laying them in the streets. Wow, what a, what a scene. What a miraculous display of the presence of God, of the power of God. This wasn't just like uh, 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 a healing uh, tent meeting that you see uh, going on sometimes around the countryside uh, today. This wasn't a show. This wasn't a three-ring circus. Uh, This was for real. People were being healed Demons were being cast out. Evil spirits were possessing people and and they were being cast out. This is one of the greatest events that has ever happened in the history of the church. God was present. And he was saying... To his disciples, he was saying to all believers, he was saying to all unbelievers, I am God. I alone can do this. Believe in me. John Piper says that this incident that took place Though is is the magnitude of it was not an isolated uh, incident in the book of Acts. It was a pattern. He said, I count at least 17 times where a miracle helps lead to conversions in the book of Acts. We've been hearing about that. Pastor Drew preached to us about the miracle of Pentecost where they were able to to speak uh, just uneducated men were able to speak in other languages and 3,000 people were saved. He also preached to us about the lame man being healed at the, the 
gate called beautiful and the result of it was when that when they went into the temple and the man kept going around jumping around and all the people saw him and knew he, who he was 2000 people came to know Christ the book of acts in chapter 9 tells about uh, Peter going into some villages and towns healing a man named Aeneas. And Luke says of that, and all the residents of Lydia and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Peter went to the home of Dorcas or Tabitha. She had died. He raised her from the dead, Luke says, it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. God did this to validate His Word and to confirm that His Word was true, and that if you believe in His Word, you could have everlasting life. Piper continues by saying there is no doubt that the working of miracles, signs and wonders helped to bring people to Christ. And that is what Luke wants us to see. That it is, and that is surely why that the Christians prayed in Acts chapter 4 verse 30 that God would stretch forth His hand and heal and do signs and wonders. He would help bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Miraculous church growth was realized in this church more and more believers in the Lord were added to their numbers. Crowds of both men and women. There's a miracle indeed that accompanies salvation. John Gill Says, the, says this about the miracles, about the healings, and about all of the wonderful signs that were going on. He says the conversion of a sinner is a greater work than any of the miracles of raising the dead. For this includes... The, the salvation of a, of a soul includes in it all miracles. Here we see a sinner dead in trespasses and sins, quickened. One born blind may see. One who was deaf to the threatenings of the law and to the charming voice of the gospel uh, and to the uh, charming voice of the gospel made to hear 
so as to live again. And one that has had the spread of the leprosy of sin uh, all uh, over him, cleansed from it by the blood of the Lamb. Yea, though a miracle in nature is an incense and proof of divine power, yet the conversion of a sinner is a miracle in grace. And it is one in an instant, but it is one uh, that shows of the greatness of God. And not only the greatness of God, but the exceeding greatness of God. How many of you here today can raise your hands and say, I've been saved by God's grace? Raise your hand. Look at the miracles. Look at the miracles. Dead in trespasses and sins. Quickened, brought to life. Not just life, but life everlasting. Life worth living. And it's by the hand of God as God stretches forth His hand to perform the miracles. Oh, we thank God for, for these, this, this account, for the things that God did with the apostles, for the miracles that they performed. But we must understand that today just because the apostles are not with us, that it doesn't mean that God's power is diminished in any way, form, or fashion. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He is the same God who stretched forth His hand in, in the book of Acts to bring these miracles, that same God is with us today in continuing with all of the power that He ever had. And He is here today to indwell in us and to perform, yes, whatever is necessary for people to know Him as their Savior. We live in a different age. We live in a different time. But we don't have a different God. He's the same. And we will see Him continue to do the things He's doing at South City Church whenever we are pure in our hearts and pure in our worship and pure in our dedication to Him and when we are on fire for His honor and for His glory to see that He is honored and to see that He is glorified, we'll see miracles performed in the lives of those that are lost in sin. God is alive and well today. And he works on our behalf just as he did then. I want us to have 
an invitation verse at this time. And if, as our musicians come to prepare, if today you have not experienced that miracle in your own life personally, I invite you to come. We'll be in the altar. We'll be happy to lead you to God's Word where the Word of God will bring the conviction and the Word of God is, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation. It is the Word that will save you today. We'll show you how that you can be saved today and experience this. Would you stand as we...